can you hear yourself when you talk? Ah! Well, <laughs> I meant from my end. Hello and welcome to the Magic Wings Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Wings Club. I'm Brendan, Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today, we're watching Season 1, Episode 26, The Witch's Downfall. The original Italian title is Final Battle and aired March 26th of 2004. The Four Kids dub title was Fire and Ice. And aired December 11th of 2004. We made it to the end of the season! So, before we dive into our episode (laughs) summary, I do believe we got some listener questions, especially because you uh, promoted us on Reddit. I did, and I think I did a pretty good job. Alright, we have three questions, two of which are from Friend of the Pod, Cassidy, at Mad Lobotanist, current display name, your werewolf GF Cassidy. And of course she is. First question, if season one was the end of the series, do you think it told a satisfying story? So, I'm going to say no. Because from the start, this was planned to be a three season show. So, if the show ended after season one, there would be way too many plot hooks left dangling. Right. But I am satisfied with the finale that we... Mostly satisfied with the finale we got. I'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the summary. We'll get to it. (laughs) We'll get to it. Stay tuned. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Um, Because we still have, like, Bloom's past to uncover a bit more... I'll get more lore of the dragon flame. The, and if it wasn't for the sequel hook of this isn't over, because of course there's going to be a sequel hook, it prints money. Satisfying story arc? Yes. Satisfying end to the series? Not really. Right? Right. Cassidy's second question was, if you were to compare watching this show to eating a food What kind of food would it be? I'm going to say this was like eating... Hmm. A really good local pizza joint. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's a little on the cheaper side, but it's still really good. And sure, it has some grease, but what doesn't have grease these days? You can tell there was effort put into it. Like the thin one? Like, if you hold it wrong, the cheese will just sloop off. That's fine, because you'll just ball it up and eat it at the end. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I agree with you, actually, because you can tell that there was... They don't exactly know what they're doing, but they are giving it their best shot. hopefully by the time season two rolls around they'll hit a groove and maybe put some garlic knots on the menu 
I'd actually say season one, um, by the end of season one, we're hitting the groove. But again, we'll talk about that later when we kind of summarize our thoughts on the season. What was our other listener question? All right. Our second listener question comes from a new follower. Welcome. If you're from Reddit, give us a high five or something. I don't know. And this is coming from uh, Anne B at Small Soul 4 on Twitter. Checking out their uh, Twitter real quick. Looks like they're an artist. Oh, cool. And they ask, Winx Club Pokemon AU? Which Pokemon would the Winx have? And funny, you should ask. We actually did a bonus episode shortly after Pokemon Sword and Shield dropped last year, where we put together uh, three Pokemon teams for the five original Winx fairies and all three tricks. So you can actually go back a little bit earlier in the feed and give that one a listen. And we, I think we did uh, Aisha too? I believe we included Aisha, yeah. Thanks for your question, Anby! Welcome to the Thank club. Thank for listening. Alright, let's get into the episode. We pick up kind of right where we left off with the students of Cloud Tower, Red Fountain, and Althea ready for the final fight against the Army of Decay. And we begin with a dark and stormy night, the Red Fountain Boys having just mastered the art of same head. <laughs> I did notice uh, something that I hadn't before. One of the uh, two pillars on the outside of Alfia, the ones with the rotundas on top, uh, one mm-hmm. of them's been destroyed. Oh yeah, that happened a couple episodes ago. It's the first time I've noticed that detail. Continuity. So I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna come right at you with this. So much happens in this episode, and nothing happens in this episode. Okay. Overall, this first scene very, very dramatic. In four kids, it starts with my least favorite thing, where they're just talking over everything. Well, I think at, at least it's exposition this time. That's a little bit more forgivable. I. I know, but this is like, it's almost hitting home that these are teenagers and they're basically tasked with saving the world. Happens all the time. Welcome to any young adult dystopian novel. So the tricks arrive with their army in full force and uh, we start an extended fight scene. Red Fountain has laser bows. I mean, it took us five hours, but we made it. Which is weird, because Timmy has an actual, like, laser gun. So why don't more people have that? Like, why would you use- well, I guess aesthetics. Aesthetics and possibility of the, um, uh, bow being able to use for light melee- that's true. Plus, I, I kind of imagine that uh, maybe Timmy's gun is a more, like, sounds odd saying a more strategic weapon when you're talking about archery versus uh, gunmanship, but gunmanship? Is that what, is that? I riflery? think it's marksmanship. Marksmanship. Oh. Person who uses gun. <laughs> well, uh, when you're talking archery versus... Uh, gun-based marksmanship, yeah. I, I, uh, archer, someone who shoots arrows from a bow. 
Gunman, someone who uses a gun while when fighting or committing a crime. <laughs> Gunslinger, a gunman in the wild, wild west. Uh, marksman, someone who is skillful at shooting. So, yeah, I guess it would be gunmanship. Oh, Timmy is who a- Who knows? Timmy's a gunslinger. That's that's weird to think about D&D-wise. Well, no, it's just guns. gunslingers are usually associated with like way more flashy and showy characters who are like- Wild West gunslingers, not a nerd with a laser pistol. So thinking more Final Fantasy X too. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> dun dun. So support fire. Um, Farragonda and Griffin make a barrier, but Stormy uh, uses her dragon power to shatter it with lightning, which is really neat. Also, I don't know if we've seen Darcy call on her dragon, because we've seen we've seen Icy do it, and we've seen Stormy do it, but I don't know if Darcy ever gets to channel her little stolen bit of dragon flame like this. I don't think we do, and I don't think we will. Um, I have a note here that says, Stella, less whining, more fighting. Uh, she says something. I didn't- it wasn't worth writing down. Um... In four kids, uh, she turns to uh, Stella turns to Techna and just goes, "Can you imagine what would happen if they redecorated this place?" And Techna throws a look. They're doing some trash talking about how, like, Icy uh, talks about how they're going to carve up magics. She's going to take Cloud Tower. Uh, Darcy will take Red Fountain, and Stormy will take Althea. In Four Kids, Stormy says that her throne won't fit in Farragonda's office, if you know what I mean. And I'm like, I don't. I mean, that's... I really don't. I don't think Stormy understands innuendo. <laughs> she doesn't understand innuendo and subtlety. It's fine. <laughs> As you know, she is the queen of subtlety. Stupid tree. And I'm sure I've noted this before. Those flying manta rays have naked mole rat teeth. They do. Uh, Stormy. When we say not a lot happens in this episode. Wait, okay. I feel like we should have titled this episode 20 minutes of fight scenes because Jesus. Flora takes a shot at Stormy and Stormy does that thing where you catch somebody else's magic and you just like toss it aside like it's nothing. What's this? An attack for ants? So Icy starts doing that. Icy does a lot of victorious cackling in this episode before she's proven (laughs) wrong. Rather swiftly proven wrong. Uh, I, I propose the episode title Cackles in Presumptive Victory. Presumptive cackling. In Four Kids, literally every single attack scene, there is a flashing transition. Like the screen really quickly fades in white, fades out, next attack. It's very jarring and stupid. I wonder if that's to get around any sort of, uh, like, violence complaint. Which is weird when you're dealing with a show where all the attacks are magical. Most of the attacks are magical. It was very bizarre to watch. 
But I do know that sort of thing can cause that. That's why, like, yes, like, the um, Futariwa Producure girls do a lot of physical fighting. But then the Splash Star girls don't. Because parents complained about the level of physical violence. My girls should not be watching violence. All right, little Takashi, watch your Super Sentai. Eh, exactly. But, eh. Anyhow. So Icy does her presumptive cackling, and that is when Bloom descends from the heavens, cloaked in fire and surrounded by a dragon. <laughs> oh, it is so cool! It's a very cool shot. Like, so the monsters have been, like, they were just being held off at this point. They're, they weren't, uh, the out, the defenders of Alfia weren't getting any, like, proper foothold. They were just kind of delaying the inevitable. And Bloom throws a wall of fire right across the gates. Ah, oh, man. Um, in four kids. <laughs> I had to write this down verbatim. Icy just goes, or like, one of them just goes, because at some point they're just interchangeable. Having the dragon fire rules, and then you just hear whoosh, that's not the dragon fire, this is the dragon fire, and then it just cuts to bloom. <laughs> Those are not jazz hands. These are jazz hands! That's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, also, uh, like, Stormy and Darcy both have these really great oh faces. <laughs> and then Bloom straight hurls a fireball at Icy's throne. Just torches her. Except not, because Icy jumped out of the way and is now hovering a few feet off the top of the throne. Uh, in Four Kids, Icy does ask Darcy and Stormy for their parts of the dragon fire, so she can fight Bloom one-on-one, -on -one, saying that their normal powers will be enough to beat the Winx. And I think that's a nice little bit of exposition. Especially because it explains how easily Stormy and Darcy get murked once they're separated from Icy. Oh, yeah. So, we cut away from this actual good fight scene, by the way. Because we do, we do split up the party. So, Bloom versus Icy, one-on-one. -on -one, and they fly out over the lake near the castle. While the rest of the wings handle Darcy and Stormy. And we cut from this really good fighting to some time with the boys. Uh, Sky is here, and he's fighting, and then he ends up back-to-back -back with Riven. Riven asks where Sky's been in a way that's probably intended to be rhetorical, but then Sky actually explains himself, which is weird. <laughs> uh, in four kids. <laughs> we get a reverse Bechdel test thing. They're both talking about how awesome Bloom is. Yeah, Sky says he wants to take her out on a proper date. With flowers and everything. And uh, Riven basically says, yeah, with powers like hers, you don't want to get her angry. <laughs> so I guess Diaspora is just kind of gone now. Yep, thrown out like yesterday's... I don't know where I was going with that. Thrown out like, the... thrown out like yesterday's garbage. I was going to say garbage, paused because it was a little harsh, and then couldn't follow through with anything else. <laughs> Tossed to the side like the wrapper on a candy bar. Bloom is the candy bar. Poor Diaspro. 
never not mad about it. I know, uh, but at least we can uh, headcanon that she's also sapphic, like every other woman in this damn show. Oh, there are no heterosexuals in this show. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe. It's all ogre now. Anyhow, things seem to actually be going well this time around because the monsters aren't endlessly regenerating. I feel like it's because the power of the faux dragon flame is preoccupied with other us. Yeah, um, a little bit later, Farragonda exposits that because the tricks are weakening, the army is weakening. Um, also, Kiko can fly now? <laughs> he got into someone's bag of magic pixie dust and just zooped away like the flying nun! He picked up Pepe and just, they gone! I, I can guarantee you this will not come back. This will never happen again. Cut to, like, three years from now where it shows up one time in season five. Honestly. <laughs> uh, so, back with Bloom and Icy. Bloom throws a dragon at her. Icy freezes it. And Bloom starts doing some really cool teleporting stuff. Yeah, I guess she can teleport now. It's probably... <laughs> Bloom. When Bloom leveled up, she put Misty Step on her spell list. Uh, so the other Winks are dealing with Darcy and Stormy. Uh, Darcy breaks out the good old Kage Bunshin no Jutsu, like always. And uh, Stormy makes a tornado, like always. <laughs> she has one move. She has a attack. Her neutral special is Tornado. They combine their powers to make an electric tornado. Which is weird because Stormy has both wind and electrical powers. I don't know, but whatever. The, the electricity is also purple, so I'm guessing it's more of a darkness. They're acting like the middle of the tornado is a black hole. Which would be more cool and more horrifying. Um... And Tecna throws up a wireframe shield that will do nothing against the tornado. In Four Kids, she summons the power of the internet because she calls it the World Wide Web. The internet as it exists in the year 2004. It's just a dial-up modem. It's, it's a GeoCities page. Oh. Oh. Angel Fire. Techna pulls up an Angel Fire Bloom tribute site. You're looking for uh, Winx Club Angel Fire websites, aren't ya? Yeah. Um, the the two that popped up uh, went to a money laundering scheme and then Angel Fire 404 Which I think is appropriate. I mean, that's all it does anymore. Uh, Stella throws a... Stella throws a lightning bolt. Not lightning bolt. Uh, Stella throws a fireball. Sunbeam. A sunbeam. Sunburst. Yeah, she she shoots a she shoots a ball of light at him, and that destroys Darcy's shadow clones. And then Flora throws some flowers at him, and Musa makes some uh, wub wub speakers. Uh, in four kids, Flora calls those flower shuriken. I thought she said ninja daisies. 
one of the two. Which, either way, kind of funny. <laughs> I guess our Naruto conversation was going well. What are we doing talking about Naruto these days? It's 2004, that's why. Okay. Um, and then we go back to Icy and Bloom. So Icy does this really cool thing where she traps Bloom in like this this obviously CG block of ice and then that ice gets spiky and then it just shatters on the ground. And then more presumptive cackling, which to be fair... That, that would normally be lethal, except Bloom teleports in behind her and gives her a peace sign. And, and also laughs. And is also laughing, but sarcastically. And in a in a show where we were allowed physical violence from female characters, Bloom would have decked her in the face. Um, but she does knock whole, Icy into the drink. This whole battle is really, really cool. But they keep cut like it's. I understand why they keep cutting between, but at the same time, it kind of ruins the flow because one battle is really fast paced and awesome, and the other one is kind of. Goopy bugs. The other one is business as usual. <laughs> the other one is the exact same one we've seen the last seven episodes. Oh, um, and when Icy gets knocked into the water, uh, she summons Morpha from Ocarina of Time to yank Bloom under. Woof. And then she flies out and freezes the lake solid. But Bloom has type advantage, so she just thaws the lake out. So, you know Pokemon types pretty well, right? Yes. If Bloom is a fire dragon type, does that mean Icy is dealing normal, like, dealing, like, regular damage because dragon's weakness would be countered by fire type resisting ice? Because the only fire dragon type I can think of is, um, Turtonator. Um, their weaknesses cancel each other out. It's normal damage. Okay. Of course, Bloom is also a fairy type, so... But no relationship exists between fairy and ice, so... Um, in Four Kids, uh, after Icy freezes the lake, she just, uh, she says she's gonna turn the lake into the Bloom Memorial Ice Rink. The trash talking could use some tweaking. <laughs> Back to Alfia. More fighting. Sky has his boomerang. Riven has some shuriken. Brandon is Darth mauling about. Uh, I thought Nut was gonna suplex the monster. No, he just flips him over. Uh, the three professors, like, combine their powers, but just to blast one monster. Thanks. This is when Farragonda mentions that, uh, the power of the army is tied to the power of the witches. And, uh, in Four Kids, they actually do, like, a really cool thing where, like, it's as they're taken out. So, like, when in a moment when uh, Stormy and Darcy get taken out, like, it's their third, like, their two-thirds of the army get wiped out as well, which I think is kind of neat. Yeah, I didn't... I thought that in uh, Cineloom, they just went away, but it wasn't explained why. I, it feels like a really uh, handy explanation. Yeah. Like, I would completely buy it. It makes, it makes, I, I believe it. That, that's mine. I guess that, that that's what happened. Like they talked um, about on the latest episode of Gem Jammer, after you beat the boss, you don't want to spend an hour 
fighting off the bunch of randos. So uh, once the boss dies, everything else goes away. So here's the thing. We cut away to a random, like these random, completely out of place shots of the ruins of Red Fountain, abandoned cloud tower, downtown magics, the vocalizing singer is back. These are some utterly pointless cutaways literally here to fill runtime. We cut to the temple of Daphne. There are bubbles. We go back to the fight. Flora is dead. Like, even though the four kids episodes in that we watch include the openings and the Sinaloom ones don't. But I do believe that they cut out this bit of fluff. They, they chopped this episode very, very well. Uh, they, they reordered it so it flowed a lot better, too. And honestly, I think it ended up being quite a bit shorter. When we cut back to Althea, Stormy summons another tornado. By spinning real fast. In Four Kids, she calls it the Psycho Clone. Which is a play on the word cyclone. You see. Which is, in North America, is typically another word for a tornado. But it's also another word for a hurricane. But whatever. Um, and Techna says that it has an F5 wind force, which confuses me. Are there tornadoes regularly in the magic dimension? And why would they have the Fujita scale? Good question. Like, <laughs> I could get it if they managed to, like, I could suspend my disbelief where it's like, this tornado has wind speeds of, like, 300 miles an hour or whatever. Like, I believe that. But why are you saying F5? And then there is a line that was so dumb I wasn't going to write it down. But then you so realized I you had to. Oh. No. My note is, that was so dumb I'm not even going to write it down. Perfect. So uh, the Winks get sucked into this tornado and Flora gets like KO'd for a little bit. But then she's fine. <laughs> she gra- they grab hands. She's fine. Yeah, they, they combine their powers and take control over the tornado and cause it to suck up Darcy. <laughs> and I guess because Stormy... So this is different from her usual tornadoes because Stormy actually like spins like a Beyblade to make this and is... <laughs> In the eye of it. Let her rip. She's a sky dancer. (laughs) And she flies right into the fireplace. That's the best video ever. It's so sad. Too busy with sky dancers. Why did they not? Why was that just an open fire? Why was there no gate on that fire? I think there was, but the Sky Dancer flew over top of it. <laughs> she did not want to be a part of this white nonsense. She said, Bye! <laughs> I choose death over slavery. <laughs> I once read a description of Sky Dancers where it was like, they're real fun when you're just playing with them, but they're not real fun when somebody launches one at your face and it comes at you like Tinkerbell <laughs> after a bottle of Jack Daniels. Uh, but because the Winks now control the tornado, uh, they vacuum up Darcy and then they make they make the tornado go away. And so Stormy and Darcy start free falling. Bad witches get put in the rock of shame. 
Yeah, Farragonda and Griffin combine their powers and trap them in this big stone ball. <laughs> that probably did a lot of damage when it hit the ground. And there is now a crater in Alfea's courtyard. After Darcy and Stormy get put in put in the uh The Rock of Shame. So apparently at some point Icy refreezes Bloom, but this time it's in like a really cool, like big ice tower. It looks kinda like um a cursula. Kinda, yeah. And then something rad as hell happens where Bloom conjures like a big dragon made of fire that constricts. And, like, shatters it because it's an Asian dragon, which are snakes. Bloom's outline is yellow. She is so mad. Bloom is, like, supernova. And we cut away so we don't see Icy get turned into a pile of ashes. We go back to the courtyard where the monsters just poof away. They are no more with the witches defeated. And the Winks and their boyfriends all have tender moments as the clouds start to part. All right, girls, uh, grab your respective partner. Dosey do. And uh, Bloom descends from the sky, holding Icy in her <laughs> arms, Pieta style. <laughs> Pieta bread, get your Pieta bread here. <laughs> 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 well, the body of the savior is transubstantiated into bread. So back to Wings Club. Uh, uh, Bloom just kind of gently sets Icy on the ground, and then she and Sky have a kiss. They do a kissing. Oh, uh, it, it's. But it is the most lackluster smashing two doll faces together. <laughs> now kiss, and they even do like a mwah sound. In in Cinelum. and for kids, it's less. In the because it's a kids show, it is the most like they are as far away from each other as humanly possible, while still putting their lips together. Leave room for the great dragon. Yeah, they like they duck lipped, so their noses are just like at each other. Mm. <laughs> I remember this stupid joke we made a while ago about leave room for the great <laughs> dragon and Griselda walking around with a tension rod. <laughs> But that thing's like 60 feet long! Exactly! Funk. Oh, um, we also see that the people of Magics have been freed from their web cocoons. Oh, it's, 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 I think right before or immediately after the most chaste kiss ever seen by mankind. Oh yeah, it's while, it's while the, uh, it's while they're, it's while they're pairing off. Like, Riven goes over to Musa. Brandon goes over, oh, Stella goes over to Brandon. And then Timmy and Tecna, Tecna's looking directly in the camera and shoots a look, and I am dead. I'm actually a ghost recording this right now. It's a very seductive look. It's the same look that Nala gives Simba in The Lion King. (laughs) So, uh, after we see that the people of Magics are finally starting to recover... Farragonda asks Griffin about the tricks because it's time for Griffin and her students to go back to Cloud Tower. And Griffin assures Farragonda that this time she's she's pulling out all the stops and she's sending them to a purification retreat at Lake Rocaluce. That doesn't sound like a punishment. To me, this sounds like that, um, that 
uh, addiction treatment center that the rich people go to, which is essentially a spa day. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She's, like, sending them to... She's sending them to a spa where they're going to shiatsu massage the evil out. They're gonna make um, them do yoga. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the tricks being sent to a perfectly luxurious and relaxing spa and hating every second of it? <laughs> yes. Where like Stormy's getting acupuncture, Icy's in like one of those full body wraps with cucumbers over her eyes. Darcy's doing yoga, killing it by the way, but just having a scowl, looking exactly like Double D during Eighty Eight Fingers Edward. <laughs> Darcy face completely dead playing the steel piano <laughs> in four kids instead of Griffin talking to Farragonda about um magic rehabilitation center um Griffin is considering retiring from being the headmistress of Cloud Tower and opening a B&B in her home realm which I think is adorable Farragonda says that while she may not agree with everything being taught at Cloud Tower, Griffin is the best in her field and actually calls her Griffy. Respect between academic professionals. Griffin says that she does love her job and should probably beef up campus security and revamp the admissions process because she was very easily fooled by their transcripts. There being the tricks. Which is a nice callback. Here's one the change four kids made that I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it because it's a high school show, but really? Because there, there's going to be, like, a huge celebration because they, you know, saved the world. But uh, in four kids, it's prom. Yeah! Because it's a high school show. So you have to go to prom. Also, everyone passes with honors. See, that's actually something I thought was really cool. So... yeah. Uh, Farragonda in Sinaloom says that, like, the whole ordeal with the tricks is, uh, she's decided to, like, kind of revamp the curriculum and the idea of what it means to be a modern fairy. With a new word! With the new word of winks. And in the Four Kids dub, Farragonda says that because of how, uh, like, how everything shook out, there will be no final exams and everybody passes this year with f- with full honors. Because you did just save the world. Which, I'm sure that means that there are some of some girls at Alfia that are graduating this year who are like, oh, fuck yes. Oh, man. I'm gonna get out in this job market and kill. I am going to have my choice of all of the postgraduate programs I could ever want. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you save the world? No, I helped save the world. I was there at the Battle of Alfia. We actually skipped forward past a little bit, which a little tiny bit that I thought was kind of sad, but rushed. Um, it was essentially um, Murda and Lucy saying their goodbyes to each other. Yeah, um, and it's two completely different tones. Okay, so here's how I have it phrased. Um, Musa flies by, asks if Murda and Lucy are ready for the party, and then leaves because she realizes that they have to break up. Oh, no. Oh, I read this. I'm, I'm, uh, bye. 
<laughs> Murda asks Lucy if she wants to stay at Althea with her, but Lucy has committed herself to living deliciously through the art of witchcraft and says she'll be going back to Cloud Tower. And she asks if Murda would ever change her mind and go back, but Murda's committed to staying at Althea. And she bids Lucy goodbye, and Flora comforts her after a breakup because uh, Flora is going to be her rebound girlfriend, now Kiss. And for kids, Lucy just mocks her for being a loser. And Murda is an exchange student and not just transferring? Yeah, that's weird, but no, she's fully transferred. She does get a fairy outfit later. She's a fairy now. Does she keep the 90s hair wrap? Yes. Woohoo! Yeah, Murda just uh, respects as the fairy of illusions. It's like if a paladin has a falling out with their god. So um, the Cloud Tower students enter the courtyard in their mystic cloaks and Griffin portals them all back to Cloud Tower. The way all of the witches were going towards them, I was half expecting them to try and jump Murda out of Cloud Tower. There's also another portal with big burly armed guards escorting the tricks to their purification retreat. And they're in like floor length robes and tiara and like headbands. <laughs> That's how I want to leave everywhere. I just want to be escorted out by two buff dudes in a floor-length gown and a tiara. I don't care what the gown is. If it's a trench coat, a robe, don't care. It's a gown. I'm leaving. Yeah, these are robes and headbands, so they are absolutely going to be made to do yoga. Now, everybody assume tree pose. Stupid tree. Oh my god, I can't believe we're fucking doing this. I think that's what I think I think that's what we see in season 2. Um <laughs> Uh also Pepe is an ungrateful little bastard and he ditches Kiko to run after Icy. I know to it's beg like... for, and she's Pepe is going to beg for Icy's attention while she's in prison and can't escape. It's so and we'll never see Pepe again. Pepe's just gone. Hard exit on Pepe. See you at the crossroads. What I'm imagining is that the um the Lake Rocaluche uh, retreat just kind of adopts Pepe as a mascot. And he gets fed delicious grapes. Because Pepe deserves it. We're going to balance your chakras and you're going to like it. Okay, but you are going to sh- your pants first. That's kind of inevitable. Look when look when your root chakra gets opened. Uh, oh. There's a reason why one of the poses in yoga will make you fart. There's a shot when um Bloom is holding Kiko, like comforting him. Looking up, you see birds flying over. Prospectively speaking, those birds are gigantic. Yeah. And now it's party time. Yeah, it's party time. Um. Saladin knocks back a full tankard of beard. He chugs it. Uh, in four kids, it is milkshakes. Guys, this isn't alcohol. I swear, it's milkshakes. So these two scenes are reversed in four kids. Uh-huh. So in Sinloom, we have we do the party scene. We have a focus on the wings, and then we finish the season on Bloom and Sky. In Four Kids, we do the party scene, we go to Bloom and Sky, and then we finish on everyone. So, uh, Bloom 
proposes a toast to Brandon and Stella for officially dating. To weirdness. And Flora teases Tecna about getting official with Timmy. And Kiko has a plate full of fruit. That's about it. Uh, Wizgiz makes Griselda spill her champagne, but she's in such a good mood she laughs about it. Hey, we found Griselda! She's here! Getting turned! Maybe she's a happy drunk. Oh, uh, real quick, they, um, in Four Kids, when they all cheer about party time or be graduated, I don't know, they they changed seashell, seashell bra girl. It is now connected on her top. So it's now a bandeau instead of pasties? Yeah. So, um, Bloom and Sky have a sit down at the well, where, the same well where Lucy and Murda broke up. The relationship well. Um, and, uh, so Sky just asks her how she's feeling, and Bloom goes, Wow, Sky, there's so many plot hooks unresolved this season. I think I'm gonna have to deal with it next time we come back. And Sky goes, Yeah, I think so too. And there's a shooting star across the moon, and that's when the season ends. I think I'm gonna have to resolve this next time on Winx Club. Yeah. Um, in Forkit, in Cinelume. Uh, okay, well, first of all, there's a broken perspective moment, and it's funky. Yeah, it- Bloom has a- it, you don't wanna- it's like facing Phineas head-on. You don't wanna do it. It looks like a fisheye lens, but bust up. Um, and there's a note- I, I made a stupid joke, and I just wanna say it. Um, the nymphs end up flying by- and Bloom just goes, oh, hey, it's the nymphs. Surrender, Dorothy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in Four Kids, the um, toast is just to friendship, to this, the year being over, to next year, Lahayim, to life. Which I think is a lot less awkward than the one in Cinelum. Yeah. Instead of doing our usual- well, let's do our usual best, worst, and MVP. Actually, no, let's not do that. Instead, this time, let's just talk about how we feel this 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 was as a finale. Because I'm gonna be a hundred with you. This episode and last episode could have been combined. This season could have had 23 solid episodes. Honestly, if you wanted, if we wanted to go crazy, we could have just made it 20. I'm just talking about cutting down some of the last bits of unnecessary fight scenes. Yeah, the last handful of episodes really, really drags. Because instead of just fully dedicating one episode to, like, Bloom going to Domino and learning about her past, we have to intercut this with the start of the invasion, and then meaningless fight scenes that drag on and are one-sided. <laughs> drag on. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as finales go, I felt this was a fairly serviceable one. Everything that needed to happen did. We had really good, f- like, w- the Bloom and Icy fight, I wish was one un- like one uninterrupted stream. God, I wish it just did a Dragon Ball Z Goku versus Frieza on Namek thing, where it just lasts like five episodes and half of it is screaming. Sorry, I don't, I don't go, I don't Dragon Ball. Trust me, it's funny. <laughs> Laugh, damn it. 
I do think it's kind of lame that Darcy and Storm, like, they did, it's like they didn't know how to handle Darcy and Stormy. As a whole or in this episode? In this episode, it is like they did not know how to resolve things with the two of them. So they were just like, uh, take them out fast. We don't need anything special to deal with those two. The real money's on Icy. Throw them in the rock of shame. I also did like the character moments we got at the end of the episode. They were very cute. Um, yeah, at, um, actually, uh, in the whole, like, in the, um, toasting scene, Myrna is sitting next to Flora. And they're all wearing new outfits. Yeah, they all have party outfits. party outfits. And Tecna is in a tracksuit? Yeah, she's Eastern European, it's fine. Uh, we'll post the episode, we'll post the, um, pictures of their outfits on, uh, on our Twitter. So yeah, um, this was a very enjoyable episode. Um, a pretty good finale. It would make me wanting more because it is literally set up to make you want more. Um, I'm glad we finally got around to watching Wings Club. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to going on and I have this much to say. Oh God. I have a promise that I'm going to make to our listeners. You didn't talk about this with me beforehand. We are going to absolutely watch through season four. We are going to go past the first intended ending, and then we're going to hit the second one. And I think when we hit the end of season four, we might have to seriously contemplate moving forward because season nine (laughs) has been announced. But I also think in for a penny, in for a pound... So I, I I don't know what... Yeah, you don't know how it's going to be however long from now. And also the fact that the uh, age range takes a severe nosedive. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, seasons 1 through 4 are for, let's say, 7 to 10. And then they legitimately aired season 5 up on Nick Jr. Because the age range had plummeted. Though World of Winks was intended for the older audience as well, and Fate the Wink Saga is explicitly for, like, adult fans, and it's going to be a Riverdale Winks Club. Yeah, both of us watched uh, World of Winks, and it was pretty fun. Yeah, World of Winks is great, though, unfortunately, the season three did not get greenlit, and the movie they were going to do to wrap it up also did not go through. So now season two of World of Winks ends on a huge cliffhanger that will never be resolved. Boo. Um, I uh, I can also tell our listeners that we'll probably cut in the middle of season two because I have a feeling that's about where we'll be. So to cover Fate the Wink Saga. Yeah. Oh, also, I know we just got done with the hiatus. We are, and when I'm saying we're going back to a hiatus, we are not going to be starting season two until the new year. We're still going to be putting out. Uh, at least one episode. We're we're going to do one special holiday episode for you. But other than that, we are going to be on a, a slight hiatus. The holiday episode has not been decided yet, but it's probably going to be the Dutch stage show. Yes. So next time you hear us, 
we should be covering Winx Club on Tour, the live-action stage production that aired in the... <laughs> well, I do believe it actually was on tour throughout Europe, but the taped production that we have is from the Netherlands. Um, Aisha is going to be here. She is going to be called Layla. We will explain that. We did it. We finished season one. Woo! Only took us. Let's see. When did episode a one? year and a half for a bi-weekly podcast? That seems about right. For a bi-weekly podcast with two complete podcast amateurs. I'd like to say this turned out well. I think we did good. If you'd like to follow me, Brendan, on Twitter, you can find me at Sonata Waves. If you want to follow me, Tess, on Twitter, you can do that at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky, like the delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in, I don't know, slice out of crime? If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow us at Magic Winks Pod. You can email us, if you are so inclined, at magicwingsclubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of this podcast, at gmail.com. If you listen on a platform that allows for it, please leave us a rating and review. Uh, If you cannot leave a rating or review, uh, word of mouth does just as well as do physical downloads. Those are also an important metric. On to season two! To the bright, shining future of season two where we get our sixth Winx girl. Um, We get a villain that has some good backstory, but is ultimately just kind of there. And we get a proper love interest for Musa. (laughs) Spoiler. It's also the sixth Winx girl. Oh. Oh, right. And I I thought you were talking about Flora's boyfriend. No, still Griven. Yeah. He's gotten better, but I don't trust it. All right, kids. Meeting adjourned. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him and his pointy hair. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winks. Winks, if your hand is holding mine, we can find your space and time. And together we'll be served by winners. Winks, with a smile, hand in hand, you light up our world. We'll fly the moonlit sky together. And the winner is... Wing! Wing.